Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Oh my gosh, first of all, we are here live in... Arizona at the headquarters of Voice America Radio. And I want to thank Voice America Radio for giving us a voice, those of us who want a world of compassion. This is um, information that's not going out in the mainstream media because look at the advertisers. Uh, They are the very industries that would collapse, meat, dairy, big pharma, if people started eating a plant-based diet and getting healthy. So we want to give a shout-out. Let's give a round of applause to Voice America for inviting us here. Today. Yeah. Now, I am here with Dr. Salesh Rao, who is a man who was instrumental in the creation of the Internet. And he is going to use the same process that they used to create the Internet to create a vegan world by 2026. Dr. Rao, it's an honor to be here with you. Uh, but when you said vegan world 2026... You know, if anybody else had said it, to be quite honest with you, I would have kind of rolled my eyes. Yeah, right. But when you said it, and you said that in the early 90s, uh, people were scoffing when you suggested that everybody would be communicating with little phones and little tablets on their laps, and then you made it happen, it made me realize that if anyone could do it, you could, because you're a scientist, because you're methodical, and because you are creating an infrastructure for a world of normalized nonviolence which is what we really need in this world now more than ever. So tell us how you got this idea and how you're making it happen. Well, uh, first of all, you have to understand why we have to do this so quickly. And so that was the beginning. You know, when I realized how, how fast we were killing wild animals and how fast they were dying off, you know, so... If you look at the World Wildlife Fund Living Planet Report, it gives you statistics that tell you very clearly we have to change by 2026, otherwise we are in big trouble. When you say big trouble, what do you mean? <laughs> Death and extinction. So this is, this, is not, uh, this is a very serious issue. If you're killing all the wild animals off, then we're literally killing ourselves off. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's something that we have never, ever faced before as humanity you know it's the we have been living in this system of normalized violence and we've been killing animals at such a fast pace i mean we kill more animals in four to twelve hours than all the humans that ever died in wars throughout human history put together wow Wow, that is so scary and frightening and you know one of the things that we all find frustrating is everybody here you know we're all we're all eating a plant-based diet we're all vegan so we hear that and we go oh my god and then there are other people who say well gee that's terrible but then they proceed to continue engaging in the same behavior that is creating the problem and you know here's how I finally understood the devastation because climate change is an amorphous issue. It's 
you know, methane and all sorts of things that we can't really uh, with our own eyes calculate. But when I realize that we're giving planet Earth a buzz cut, that we're destroying all the forests in order to grow crops to feed 74 billion animals that we kill every year, then I really got it because we're only 7.6 billion humans. Our carbon footprint is not actually that big. Uh, it could the earth could easily accommodate us and maybe even a billion more or more than that. It's the animals we're eating seventy four billion every mm. year more than ever in the entire history of humankind. We are killing more animals today than ever in the history of humankind. Meanwhile, we're running around telling telling each other that we're animal lovers, which is the tragic irony mm. of it all. But all those animals have to eat. And they eat 40 times what they produce as food. So we are cutting down forests, growing all these crops. People don't realize 70% or more of all soy is fed to farm animals. A lot of, you know, corn, grain, it's all going into farm animals, okay? Farm animals that then don't produce that much food, okay? So it takes 8 to 25 pounds of grain to produce one pound of beef. So... In other words, we could stop destroying the forest. We could end world hunger, human world hunger, by uh, giving that food directly to starving mm-hmm. children. And we could save all these animals. And we could stop climate change if we just changed our diets. And that's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, when, when I kind of get frustrated when I explain all this to people, then I hit a brick wall or people say, well, you know, it's a choice. And, you know, I always say, well, it's not just a choice when there's a victim. And our victims are not just the animals. They're human health, your health, but that's your choice. But there's also the climate change factor. You know, when you look at Hurricane Florence and Hurricane Maria and Hurricane Michael, and you realize that these storms are increasing in intensity and frequency, then your choice isn't just a personal choice. The consequences are being felt by people around the world. How do you uh, think that the people's minds will change where where they get over the conditioning? Because, you know, one of the hallmarks of being brainwashed is you don't know you're brainwashed, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you're mentally ill, when you start realizing you're mentally ill is the first step to, mm. to mental health. Like, oh, I've got a problem. People who are really in their mental illness don't know that they have a problem. Mm. Um, so it's sort of the same thing. People who yeah. are defending this choice as if their life depended on it, which actually it's life-threatening, don't realize they're being brainwashed by thousands of images every day on billboards, on television, on radio, subliminally equating this unhealthy diet with social status. Um, That's why people in the third world want to eat more meat because they want to be, they see Dallas on television, they want to be like Dallas. They want to be like the American dream. This is the American dream that's becoming an American nightmare. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you could address that. Renee King Sonnen, you were a cattle rancher. You and your husband had a cattle ranch, a calf cow operation, and you then became uh, a vegan, and you then uh actually turned your cattle ranch into a vegan animal sanctuary. Tell us uh, about how you overcame the brainwashing. Well, I uh, overcame the brainwashing by, first of all, moving into the ranch and realizing that the animals that were grazing on the pasture land actually had, you know, a sentient 
uh, that were sentient, realizing that they had feelings. I uh, started bottle feeding a little baby calf, and we call her Rowdy Girl. And I started seeing that all the other animals all related to each other. They were all black Angus uh, cows, and they all looked alike. And so you really couldn't tell who was who. But when you, but when I bottle fed them, I could see them. And I started seeing that the mamas and the babies all knew each other, and they had a community. They were, re, you know, they were related. They enjoyed each other's company they were they would get mad at each other and I found myself very amused at the cows and I couldn't believe that I'd never seen them in all of my 50 something years at that point that I'd never noticed the cows and so when I'd have to go back to being a good rancher's wife which I did I could not take that equation with me I could not go back and take the equation of seeing the cows with me so over a four-year period of time of getting to know these cows watching the red trailer go out with all these babies every six months to be slaughtered it totally began to break me down it took four years of me witnessing time and time again these babies leaving their mothers before i finally drew the line in the sand went vegan threatened my husband and bought his cows right out from under him and created rowdy girl sanctuary the first ever beef cattle ranch conversion to a vegan sanctuary in history and now your husband is vegan. And now my multi-generational cattle rancher husband, great-grandpa owned slaughterhouses in Houston and Alvin, is a vegan. Wow, that's amazing. Now, Susan Hargraves of Animal Hero Kids, um, let me ask you, you deal with children because children are often conditioned to eat animals when, in fact, they don't really want to uh, when they are basically told to eat these body parts when they're children they don't really have a desire to they automatically go for other things but the misguided parents say no you need to eat this because they're told all sorts of lies like oh you know you need protein to which i say when have you ever come back from the doctor with a protein deficiency and we eat more protein than any society in the history of humankind and we have more health ailments than many societies that eat far less protein Exactly, Jane. And I have lived in Florida since the 80s, and I've seen firsthand the increase of hurricanes and floods. And I was thinking about that when you were speaking earlier. And the fact is, is that I've been teaching kids in schools for 40 years, and I have seen an incredible increase in vegan kids. And they're really, every child that I meet is naturally vegan because we as a species are naturally vegan. We have to be taught the unnatural behavior of chewing on our fellow beings. Mm. Every child would rather pat a piglet and hug a chicken than to gnaw on its leg or her his or her leg. So the fact is, is that the world is changing, but it needs to accelerate. And we in this room and those listening, we have the choice to be able to help that acceleration by speaking out, by being activists, by educating. And Animal Hero Kids reaches 30,000 students each year with presentations about being kind to all animals. And we empower youth to be active to speak up for other animals and be vegan. There yeah. are a lot of vegans. Let kids. me ask you this. How do you deal with the parents who, when you go and you say, hey, and, and we know there's there's tens, hundreds of millions of people eating this diet now, and they're healthier than the mainstream population. So we know that this whole myth that often doctors perpetrate because 
they don't have training in nutrition. They get a couple of hours in nutrition. And mm-hmm. so they don't really have training in nutrition. They're basically trained when somebody gets sick, here's the pill or here's the operation or here's right. what you do. So they don't really know preventative medicine. So the, the doctors often, in a misguided way, tell the parents, no, no. I mean, when I was a kid, a doctor told me, it's the last time I ever ate an animal was some doctor told me I had to eat a liverwurst sandwich. I, mm-hmm. I had to eat meat. And I was, I think, I'm maybe 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And I ate this liverwurst sandwich, and I was sick to my stomach, and I'd never touched it again. But um, it was a doctor who told me to do that. So doctors, parents, these authority figures that maintain because they they have misinformation and they're conditioned by society and they're part of the system that you have to do this. How do you deal with the parents? How do I deal with the parents and the teachers is I have perfected my approach because I've been doing this since 1980 and I go about it in a holistic manner. So Animal Hero Kids, Voices for the Voiceless, the book that's full of stories of kids and teens helping all species of animals, cows, pigs, dogs, cats, empowering youth, preventing bullying and preventing violence and fostering self-esteem and promoting critical thinking is what really schools want. So I do it from a holistic viewpoint, their perspective. As a matter of fact, if we are going to stop violence in the schools, if we are going to prevent bullying and the horrific situations that have been happening and increasing, we need to do it from a holistic viewpoint. And I am going in there as an expert on promoting compassion. Every school assembly I do, I give a shout out to all of the children and teens who have uh, helped others, who have stopped bullying, who have rescued animals. And it is a positive, positive experience that costs that school not one cent. We are all volunteer. We have no offices. The goal is to put an Animal Hero Kids Voices for the Voiceless book in each school. It's a mainstream idea. 99.7% of the population does not want more violence, more killing, and more negativity. It's just a matter of realizing that we are one species among many on this planet. And there are so many animals that are just like our dog or cat in their personalities, in their capability for emotion and joy. And no one can argue with a six or a seven-year-old that has rescued a pig that needed help that was being abused. We have whistleblowers that rescued piglets from paintball practice in Central Florida. We have a 13-year-old that helped a pig that fell off the back of a slaughterhouse truck. We have an eight-year-old co-president that banned electroshock prods being used on elephants in the circus. Animal Hero Kids is really uh, multi-pronged. So we have our education Mm -hmm. factor where we go into the schools. And uh, my background is early childhood education. They're very interactive programs. And um, we have co-presidents all over that's empowering others. I want to ask Dr. Selesh Rao because one of the reasons I'm fascinated with you, as I mentioned, is that you're one of the creators of the Internet. And you believe that we can achieve a vegan world by 2026. 
How exactly? We just spent three days here in Arizona breaking up into teams, coming up with some of the key issues, economic, spiritual, cultural, that we were breaking down in groups. How, how are we going to do this? Can you give us the shortened version of how we're going to make this happen? Well, basically, it is breaking down the larger problem into smaller problems and addressing each one of them and making sure that they're cohesive. The solutions are cohesive across all these problems so that when you put it together, you have a new system of normalized nonviolence from the system of normalized violence that we are in. Clearly, the system of normalized violence is going to end, whether we like it or not. It's going to end because the earth is saying it's no more. You can't do it anymore. Right? So within eight years, either the, all the animals are going to die off and then we're going to die off, or within eight years, Medicare is going to go bankrupt, or within eight years, climate change is going to be crazy. So it is telling us, the earth is telling us we have to change. And there is this one light that you see at the end of the tunnel, and you see that light, and that's nonviolence. If you have a system of normalized nonviolence in place, Everything will be fine. The planet will be fine. We'll be fine. Animals will be fine. So we have that solution, and we just have to go grab it and take it, right, so and, and build the structure around it so that we can now transition to that. So yeah. that's what we are trying to do. So let me ask you this question. You have this faith that we can do this, and so many of us are often just overwhelmed with the enormity of it. For example, those of us, and I think everybody here in this room has done this, that we go to vigils and we bear witness to cows and pigs going to slaughter. And we look in their eyes and we say, we're so sorry, we're so sorry. And then I look at the videos the next morning that I post on Facebook as part of JaneUnchained.com, which is my social media news network for animal rights and the vegan lifestyle. And by the way, we're going live right now on Facebook. And um, we're also going live for a documentary. And we're also going live for Instagram or we're recording for Instagram. Uh, so we're using social media to spread the word as much as we can. But I get overwhelmed. I, I look at these animals and I go, oh my God, these animals that we videotaped the night before are all already dead. Mm. And uh, I look at them and it, it just breaks my heart. And I know me being sad, as Ingrid Newkirk says, you being sad doesn't help the animals. Mm -hmm. So I, I shake it off. But how is it that you have such confidence that we're going to be able to achieve this? Because I've seen exponential changes happen in my life. You know, I've seen it happen with the internet. I've seen it happen with the, with the moon landing, for instance. So everything that we have done you know, in the past has always been, we think we are going to go one way, and then suddenly we shift. Mm. So history is full of ex examples of things that shifted. So I'm saying we have to shift now, so let's work on it. Let's get it done. And give yeah. us some examples of what you think the parallels are. So the parallel uh, with the Internet, it was, you know, in eight years, we went from something that nobody really knew to something that everyone thought they absolutely had to have in their life. And it was just eight years, you know, it, from 1995 to 2003. I witnessed it happen. And, uh, you know, and I mean, again, moon landing was also something that, like that. In 1962, Kennedy, when he made that speech at Rice University in, in Texas, <coughs> A lot of people scoffed at him, saying, you, know, you want to put a man on the moon? But then it inspired the Americans. And within eight years, within seven years, actually, man was on the moon, right, in 1969. So there again, it was just breaking, breaking down the larger problem into smaller pieces and addressing each one of them and putting it together. And that's what NASA did. 
And that's what we did this Mm -hmm. weekend. Exactly. And so can you give us a sense of how that process works? So the way it worked uh, this weekend, we basically identified questions in different areas. You know, what are the questions we have? How do we make the transition? So it's all about how. Because we know what to do. We know where we are doing it, when we are doing it, how, you know, why we are doing it. So all the other questions we have answered is only how do we do it. So we broke it down into pieces, and, and, and the beauty of it is when hundreds, when 100 people are coming together and asking questions, you get a variety of questions. You get this diversity. It's impossible for one person to ever, ever do that. Mm. And then people can walk around and say, okay, I'd like to address that question. I want to work on that question. So then we create these study groups around these questions that haven't been answered. And, and then the study groups become formal task forces so we can then go off and figure out what are the best practices for addressing these questions. So that's exactly what we did even during the internet era. And it was we, so then everyone has an opportunity to start a study group in the larger community. <coughs> and, and then if the larger community wants that to become a task force, it becomes a task force. And then we come up with the recommendations. And then we have a cohesive set of recommendations as to how this new system of normalized nonviolence looks like. Wow. And yeah. how do you think it went this weekend? It went beautifully. I was so pleased. And I, it, was, it went beyond my expectations. Well, so. that gives me hope. That gives me such tremendous hope. Wow. And, you know, uh, I know we probably have to take a break right now on radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. So let's take a quick break. By the way, if you want to ask questions on the other side of the break, 866-472-5795. Give us a holler. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. You 
You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. We are back. We are back, and uh, we are here with an incredible group. We're live on Facebook. We're also shooting a documentary. We're also, we've got the Ryuji Chua, uh, famous and fabulous young social media influencer who is here uh, doing Instagrams, and we're going to talk to him in a little bit, but uh, we're, we're trying to get a vegan world by 2026, and the reason that we need to do that, and we will do it, is that we're going to have a severe ecological collapse. Anybody who's listening who says, you know, I like my hamburgers, I like my steak, I don't feel any need to change, it's a choice, leave me out of it. Well, you're not out of it because you live on this planet and we're destroying the planet. And uh, we are basically giving planet Earth a buzz cut to grow crops to feed 74 billion land animals. That doesn't even include fish, while children in third world countries are dying of malnutrition and hunger. So, you know, some people say to me, well, you know, I really care about kids, actually. I I know you love animals. No, I love kids, too. There are children who are dying of malnutrition. I saw a photo on the cover of a major newspaper, and it broke my heart, and I thought, we have all the grain and the soy and the corn to feed that child, but... We're not feeding that child that grain because people in the United States and in other developed countries feel entitled to eat a steak, which takes 12 to 25 pounds of grain to make one pound of steak, thereby ensuring the starvation of these children. And not only that, but let's talk about worker exploitation. Let's talk about the manure lagoons that um, are giant lakes of manure from the cattle and the pig farms that are overflowing, not into Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. into Park Avenue, mm-hmm. but into poor communities of color where these people are getting illnesses mm-hmm. because they are being saturated with manure that is being literally sprayed into the air on a good right. day, yep. not to mention when the manure lagoons overflow. And you're probably wondering now, what if this is all happening, why don't I hear about it on the news? You don't hear about it on the news because the industries that support television that has advertiser base, okay, they would collapse. The pharmaceutical industry, which has more lobbyists than any group in uh, the country in Washington, the pharmaceutical industry would collapse if people got healthy. And one of the things that Dr. Rao said was that I thought was so brilliant is, Jane, don't you realize they're also farming us? They're farming Mm -hmm. humans. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, Dr. Rao? Yeah, we are basically being conditioned from birth, you know, and schools and to eat in a very um, unsustainable and unhealthy way. And um, so that we get these diseases as we get older, Mm -hmm. and then we become patients for the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry. So we we have this system of normalized violence that also applies to human beings. So we are being systematically violated, you know, and made to essentially become props for the industry that's creating corporate profits. We have become inventory. You know, right. when I'll give you one example that will prove to you uh, unequivocally that this is being kept out of mainstream media. In the wake of Hurricane Florence, a bunch of us um, said, you know, three and a half million 
Chickens, pigs, turkeys were allowed to drown in warehouses. Uh, considered live inventory. That's how they were described by a so-called farmer who's not really a farmer. And they're also being exploited. They're being pitted against each other Mm -hmm. to produce these animals faster and faster. Live inventory. They were left in warehouses to drown. Imagine that. And they kept them in the warehouses, the theory is, so that if if they let them out, they would have drowned and there would have been aerial shots of all these uh, millions of animals floating in the water and they want that happened in a previous storm and they wanted to make sure it didn't happen again because it was a PR disaster. So we held a news conference. A whole bunch of environmental and animal groups got together in Wilmington, North Carolina just a few days after Florence and said we want to put a halt to these CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations that are all over uh, North Carolina. I wasn't there. These are people from North Carolina. Okay, mm. animal groups and environmental groups. Mm. The media showed up. They videotaped it. Guess what happened? Blackout. They never mm-hmm. put it on the news. We all went back and looked. Yeah. In other words, the people in North Carolina looked at their local news shows that mm. night. I went on the Internet to see if it was there. Not a word. Mm. Not a Nothing. word. That tells you everything you need to know. Business as usual. It's business as usual. And... and they do not want to get this word out, even though North Carolina is suffering disproportionately. So um, when you when you talk about the farming humans, that becomes something that affects people from a political standpoint. The very wealthiest 0.1 percent are the ones who are getting rich off this. Can you elaborate on that? Because you I don't need to mention corporate names for legal reasons, but you had you'd put up a graph about who's getting the money from all of this. Can you tell us, Dr. Rao? Yeah, if you can just look it up on Morningstar. You can just look up the ownership of all these large corporations and you will find the same four financial holding companies, you know, who are. Uh, who have voting share, who have uh, control over these corporations. So you realize that you're in the grips of just a few people. We don't know who they are because they're all holding companies, so they don't have to disclose who their owners are. So it's just a few people who are running the whole planet, you know, basically mm-hmm. running the corporations that are extracting profit out of us, out of all of us, out of all of our labor, and pandemic it back to the top. And, you know, what was really interesting is the way you grouped it, you said military-industrial complex, big pharma, mm-hmm. meat, fast food, and what was the last one? Banking. Banking. Banks, yeah. Four of those four, there's four holding companies that control all of that. And I can tell you that those kids of those people who run that are not eating fast food. They have private chefs, and in fact, I talked to a, an author of a best-selling book about fast food, and the first thing he said to me is, they don't eat it. The people who are getting super wealthy, they do not touch it. They don't let their kids touch it. What does that tell you? Mm. So um, we've got a caller, Evan from Florida. Hi, Evan. Hi. Oh. So, I know all <laughs> of you. So, hi, Gene. Hi, Dr. Slash Ralph. So, I'm eight years old, and I just want to ask, what can I do as a kid to normalize nonviolence every day? Wow, what a great question. Now, just for the (laughs) Facebook Live, little vegan Evan, who is a great, great social media influencer, said, what can I do as an eight-year-old kid 
to normalize nonviolence every single day. You want to take it, Susan? Well, I think Vegan Evan actually knows that answer because he is doing it every day. Uh-huh. And uh, he is one of our Animal Hero Kids co-president and spokesperson. And he speaks out every opportunity he gets and also wraps out to tell others about being kind to animals and consider the environment, consider the earth, and how much of an impact each choice has. And Evan empowers other kids also to go vegan and speak out. So kids, any kids or teens who are listening, uh, go to animalherokids.org to learn how you can be an animal hero kid and never be afraid to speak out And if you need support, um, we are currently also doing a documentary about Animal Hero Kids, and we're looking for storytellers to go into the schools, kids and teens, to tell stories about kids who are helping animals. So the fact is, is that Evan and other Animal Hero Kids, you empower each other because they're watching. Other kids are watching you, Evan, and they see the impact that you have and that other people are really listening to you. The fact is, is I've seen it myself. Fish and Wildlife Commission meetings, hunters actually, are listening to kids when they get up to speak because their voices really are yeah. sincere and genuine. And often adults are really tired of listening to each other. They'll yeah. listen to a six or a seven-year-old over <laughs> their their relatives, you know. <laughs> so true. <Yay>. So, <laughs> so true. <laughs> So go to AnimalHeroKids.org if you want to get involved, if you're a kid or a teen listening. And uh, never, ever underestimate the power that you have with your voice. Because we know, and others that listen to us know, that we have nothing to gain here. All of the people sitting in this room, all of the people speaking up for animals have nothing to gain here. It's not our business that's profiting from the backs of animals. The fact is, is that all we have to gain is an easier night's sleep to know that we're being effective. Now, hmm. I want to talk a little bit about human disease, you know, because there is a, a misguided concept that people operate in their self-interest, if only, right? Um, as a recovering alcoholic with 23 years of sobriety, I can tell you that for a long time I didn't operate in my self-interest. I wasn't in my self-interest to drink alcoholically till I blacked out, but I did it. Right. So um, food is also addictive. There is actually an addictive component in cheese. It's been well documented because to get the baby calves to drink the milk, the nature put in a little morphine-like substance that makes the calves crave mom's milk. And by the way, they're deprived of drinking that milk so we can steal it. And drink it ourselves. So they're stuck in crates the size of their bodies. And sometimes they're just tossed away like garbage. Uh, And the mothers grieve and the babies grieve. But it's not natural for us to drink the breast milk of another species. So Renee Kingsonen, when we think that heart disease is America's leading killer, it kills one out of every four people. I don't know about you, but um, somebody did this the other day, and it was really effective. They said, how many people have known somebody who's been stabbed, you know, in the throat? Nobody raised their hand. How many people have known somebody who've died in a plane crash? Nobody raised their hand. How many people know somebody who died of heart disease? Everybody yeah. raised their hand. Because one out of every four people 
die of heart disease. Heart disease is caused by arteries to the heart getting clogged with plaque. Plaque comes from cholesterol. Cholesterol only exists in animal products. There's no cholesterol in plants. And you don't have to take our word for it. You can actually go to the store and go look at vegan products and see if you can find any cholesterol. It just doesn't exist. Because nature did not put cholesterol in plants. So that's... That's heart disease, America's leading killer. Cancer, processed meat, has officially been determined by the World Health Organization to be cancer-causing. That's just official. That means bacon, hot dogs, deli slices, uh, ham slices, you know, all the things, the way people eat meat. Exactly. And so it's cancer-causing. It's uh, heart disease-causing. It, it's also a factor in diabetes and obesity and all these other issues. Now, if you saw a parent feeding a cigarette to their kid... You'd, you'd say, let me call child services. There's something wrong here. But these parents are shoving these nuggets down these kids' throats, mm. and they don't see anything wrong with it, but it's cancer-causing. Why don't we have labels on all the, all the processed meat and the hot dogs and the bacon to say this is officially cancer-causing? Why? Because the USDA is completely controlled by the meat and dairy industry to the point where... Uh, a subset of the USDA, uh, an organization, I think it's called the American Egg Board, um, that is um, supervised by the USDA, tried to put Just Mayo out of business, and yeah. they even were caught discussing taking out a hit on the founder of Hampton Creek, which makes Just Mayo, uh, Josh Tetrick. It was on an email they discussed taking out a hit on him. This is our government. Why? Because the entire USDA is run by people who are either former executives or are going to get an executive position. They're involved in the meat and dairy industry. So, you know, we are dealing with a system that's aligned against us. And that's why I want to talk about rap, but I want to go to Dr. Rao. How do we fight all that? Well, we, what I'm suggesting we do is we build a new one rather than fighting the old one. Yeah. This is how you create change. You know, Buckminster Fuller said that very clearly. Yeah. You know, instead of... Speak up, please. Yeah, so instead of uh, changing the old, just build the new and have show people how good it is in the new. And then they will come along and say, I want to be there, not where I am. So as more and more people come yeah. with us, then the majority will say, well, we should be there too. You know, because everyone is going that way. So it becomes like, a trend and so we are a herd animal you know we just go along with the herd yes yeah yeah so there's a couple of things that are happening in that regard one is a vegan cryptocurrency that is coming on the market on the first of january called vegan coin and if you want to get involved you can go to uh i am veganation.com i am veganation.com or veganation.io, veganation.io. There's also the Ranchers Advocacy Program that is run by Renee King Sonnen, a former cattle rancher who's here, and you are turning ranches into other forms of commerce. Tell us how you're doing that. 
Well, it's kind of like what Dr. Sales just uh, just said to us. You know, we are creating a new model that other ranchers are going to naturally want to gravitate to because the old paradigm isn't working. You know, uh, dairy farmers are committing suicide. You hear about it all the time. Uh, the, the the lands, the environment is being ravaged by all these hurricanes. So these animals are being, uh, you know, drowned and insurance uh, companies are having to come in and constantly uh, overtake, you know, and help these uh, ranchers out again, one more bailout after another. So ranchers are, are, are looking. They just do not know what to do. We have people involved with our organization, Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, that actually are members and they're ranchers. There's ranchers that are plant-based. I know two of them that are, we are talking to that's in our program. They just don't know what to do. So what we've done over the last two years is we have developed a program where we're transitioning cattle ranches uh, to from, from cruelty to solar farms, to wind farms, to a veganic farming model. You know, veganic is so important because your organic still has your blood, your bone, your feathers, you know, even corpses, you know, rotting corpses in the uh, actual organic uh, compost. So we've got to even start getting away from organic as vegans and start really promoting the veganic agriculture model. And so that's part of the things that we're going to do in the Ranchers Advocacy Program is every ranch we transition is going to be taught how to do the veganic model so that we can begin to shift everything away from that. And we've got a whole team of experts that we're working with to develop these kits. They're going to actually be kits that ranchers are going to be able to choose. Do I want kit one, kit two, kit three? We're doing it much like what Dr. Salesh is doing. We're getting a group of uh, people together. We're answering questions. We're figuring out, well, which model will work for this ranch if they have XYZ acres, if they have if they have a certain topography. It's all going to depend on the type of ranch, how many acres, and what they can use. We're going to take another short break on Voice America Radio, but we're staying live on Facebook and and we're also shooting a documentary. Uh, Jeff Adams from North Carolina has flown here to uh, mark this and record this. And Ryuji Chua, who is a uh, Paris-born uh, social media influencer, is here. And he's been doing Instagrams on this. So let's take a brief break, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. We're talking to some real change makers here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron. Author, publisher, and life mentor broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. 
It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, we're here. We are live at Voice America Influencers. We want to thank Voice America, which is based in Phoenix, Arizona, for allowing us to talk about this very important issue, which you cannot get on radio. You know, when when I, uh, of course, I've been on television for years, and uh, I get asked every so often to talk about issues. I was recently asked on an unnamed station network to talk about health care. Well, I tried to talk about health. I tried to talk about why people were sick cut off. Hmm. No, they don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about, well, single-payer pay- system and, uh, you know, Obamacare versus this care versus that care. That's all important. But the real question is, why are people so sick? And they're so sick because of their diet. Yep. And if you try to bring that into the conversation, you are cut off. They don't want to hear it because politics is a game. And that's about real solutions. No, we we're in a situation now where we're we're just you know who's winning, which side, which team's winning, and so you can't really even talk about these solutions. And also, getting back to the advertisers, they don't want you to say anything about veganism. Right. It's verboten. Yeah. Okay. So you were talking about this is very similar to Al Gore. So you worked for Al Gore, Dr. Rao. Uh, again, you're one of the founders of the internet, one of the creators of the internet, and you then began working with Al Gore. And uh, what happened? Why? Why did you leave him? Well, basically, he didn't want to talk about animal agriculture at all, and I thought that we are doing a disservice to the people if you don't tell them what is going on. And animal agriculture is such a huge, has a, such a huge impact on climate change, and it's not being addressed at all. So we finally, cut, you know, he, he became vegan, and all his training is now vegan. So all the training, from what I hear, everything, all the food there is vegan when people come for training. But there's mm. not a single slide on veganism. And why state. do you think that is? Because there's so much fear about mm-hmm. upsetting the system about upsetting the people who, are, who have the money in the system. Mm. There's so much fear. It's a fear-driven system that we have now. And so uh, basically people are being coerced into doing this, into, into just continuing along, in the same, mm. along the same path. And, you know, you're also one of the m- people behind two incredible documentaries, Cowspiracy and What the Health. I mean, Dr. Rao is just unbelievable, along with Kip Anderson, who's a great guy, who's a documentary filmmaker, uh, and there's a whole team there. But Cowspiracy shows that a lot of the uh, environmental groups, quote-unquote, are getting money from the meat industry. 
right. the pharmaceutical industry. A lot of the March for This, That, and the Other Cure are getting money mm -hmm. from the meat industry and the pharmaceutical industry. Yep. A lot of the uh, hospitals have fast food restaurants. And it, there's a scene in What the Health where Kip Anderson, the filmmaker, goes to talk to a hospital where there's a lot of stent operations to clear the clogged arteries, right? Right. And the PR lady runs out and says, we can't talk to you. And she says, she doesn't realize there's a camera across the street. She goes, you know, this is our business. Yeah. In other words, follow the money. Mm -hmm. Follow the money. Yeah. And uh, yes, go ahead, Susan. Um, when I graduated from college with in early childhood education, the meat, milk, and egg marketing boards gave such colorful, expensive, free resources to all of my co-graduates and me. It was 1982, and I had floor puzzles and posters about even how to visit an animal laboratory and how wonderful it is. Mm. So the fact is, is that the money, the amount of money that is being given to people who have a very large reach on our children and in the schools um, and the, the efforts that's being put forward to continue this um, not working for most of the population model is, is astounding when you really know the extent of it. And we are actually, I have to say, we are getting some victories. The fact is, is that people know what the word vegan means. 360% increase last year in veganism worldwide. Mm. Our voices are being heard. And I really feel good about what you just said, Dr. Rayo, about um, creating another model. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, since 1980, I've been investigating the stockyards and the slaughterhouses, and anyone who's listening, we feel like we're fighting. Yeah. And it's one step forward, one, one step backwards, one and a half step forwards, but creating another model that is healthier for you, that is kinder for the planet, that is... A win-win for everyone, world hunger, that's the way to go, creating and another model, join I, it. I want to jump in just talking about the pressures, because you remember that Michelle Obama tried to get people to start eating their vegetables and kids to eat their vegetables, and somebody who was in the know pointed out, isn't it interesting how very quickly that was shut down and it became let's move. Mm, in other yeah. words, yeah. don't talk about food. You're going to have to change it to exercise mm, because, yeah. you know, that yeah, exercise isn't taking money away from certain corporations. So right. the forces that come on you, I'll give you one other example. An unnamed organization years ago when I was a local news anchor wanted me to lead their walkathon, and it's to raise money for a cure. I won't say what. So I had lunch with them, and I started asking them, well, you know, what do you do with the funds you raise? Do you talk about prevention? Because this was health, you know, this was a disease, can mm -hmm. a form of cancer. I was cut as the, I was cut immediately as the mm -hmm. leader of the march. I was, as soon as I got back to the station, they go, you know what, you're off the hook, you don't have to do that. They don't want anybody asking questions. Nope. No. It happened to us too, Jane. 
right before, uh, right when we first started to fund the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, right before we funded, we had a documentarian coming in doing a documentary on our transition from a cattle ranch to a sanctuary. And as soon as this group found out we were actually going to fund, they pulled the plug. I can't say who it is because I'm sworn. What do you mean fund? Fund. They had already, they had all this money that they were going to pour into our sanctuary if we became a humane meat farm. And we didn't even know this. See, no, nobody told us this. They were, they came into us, misguiding us, telling us that they wanted to do a document documentary on our transition, came in with all these elaborate cameras, all this crew. Me and Tommy were so excited. We were just brand new at this, right? And they took Tommy off to the side, talked to him. Because, see, they thought that they could get my husband, who ha- who was not vegan yet, wasn't even vegan yet to agree to become a humane farmer, you know? Well, humane in quotes. There yeah, is no humane there is no, but see, but see, but we didn't know that, right? We didn't understand all this in the very beginning. When we, after, after I became an activist, I learned these things. Of course, there's no way to, hum, well, no you humane didn't, you way. you didn't do it anyway. Yeah, no, we didn't do it. And that's the whole point is that whenever they brought us this, uh, this offer, I was. So, I have never been this mad in my life. I don't think I've ever. My blood has never boiled. I've never cried and screamed all at the same time. And I did. And my husband, God bless him, said no to that. And I am so grateful yeah. that my cattle rancher husband yeah. said yeah. no to that. That person was belaboring under the illusion that he was the boss, so he was talking to him instead of you. Yes, yes, yes of course. <laughs> exactly. Always thinking, you know, that the, that the man's going to take all the uh, yeah. you know, make and, all the and decisions. Speaking of which, let's talk about <laughs> feminism. So uh, anybody, male or female, you know, uh, could be a feminist, obviously. So I'm not just talking to women. But there is a feminist aspect to this whole issue. And... That is that none of these animals are reproducing naturally in these factory farms. They are not making love, to put it in one way. They are all sexually violated. The males are masturbated. I think we can say that on radio. Mm -hmm. And then the semen is forcibly pushed into these animals with a fist. And there is even a term in the industry, and look it up, don't take my word for it, called rape rack, where they keep these cows when they're forcibly impregnating. So for feminists to say, well, I'm not going to consider all femininity, right? I'm just going to keep it on my species. I'm not going to expand my circle of compassion to... um, the violation of the feminine. I mean, this is the ultimate patriarchy, the ultimate violation of the feminine when 74 billion animals essentially every year are sexually violated into existence. I covered crime for many years. I was a crime reporter. Okay. Animal agriculture is a rape, abduction, and murder operation, Mm. very simply. It sounds radical, but think about it. They rape the females. They take the babies away at birth so that they can steal the milk uh, or put them in the factory farming situation. And this is all documented on videos. And then they kill them all. It's a rape, abduction, and murder operation. And what is murder? Murder is the unjustified killing of another. So... We all know that it's not necessary to eat animals, that it's actually bad for us. You know, indeed, we're not even carnivores. If if we were carnivores, 
Sadly, driving from L.A. here, we saw we saw dead animals on the side of the road a couple of times, tragically. Carnivores, when they see dead animals, want to eat those animals. That's mm-hmm. what carnivores do. They would, if we were carnivores, we'd pull over the car. We'd say, "Wow, let's go, let's go eat that." Mm-hmm. Okay, that would look good to us. Instead, we're floor. crying. So, you know, we're not carnivores. We're not designed to eat these animals. People are getting so sick off it. Think about the drugs. Think about the cholesterol-lowering drugs, the erectile dysfunction drugs. That, again, is vessels in the body getting clogged Mm. and not functioning properly. Um, And, you know, there's a skyrocketing increase in what you'd call... Alzheimer's, dementia, that general area. And I don't want to go too far. I'm not a medical doctor. But there is, uh, there are studies underway now that what happens is when your body is getting clogged, the vessels in your body are getting clogged systemically. It's not just the artery to the heart. Right. And it's happening up here, too. So there are a lot of people getting diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. The study is coming out. We're going to have to wait for it, but I can tell you right now, when that study comes out, we're going to see that a lot of the problems in that department, uh, when people in their 60s are getting to the point where they're they're being put away mm. because they can't function, because they can't remember anything, the vessels are getting clogged systemically, toe to head. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Yes. And it's a vascular function. Yes, the exactly. The fact is, is that to, to, to pump blood throughout our bodies, that including the brain, it has to do that. And you were speaking about different species in the animal agricultural factory farming system. Males don't fare much better either in the that system. When I was nine years old, I saw thousands of male chicks being gassed and suffocated in chicken hatcheries. I was brought there because I quote, love animals by my Aunt Alwyn. Not to mention the veal calves, uh, what they call veal calves. We are just about out of time. Yes, all the animals, male and female, are exploited in every possible way, physically, sexually. It's institutionalized torture, but we don't want to be downers. We're going to end it. We're going to create a vegan world by 2026. And we've got the man to do it right here, Dr. Salesh Rao. The pressure's on, dude. It's all of us. We are all going <laughs> yes. to do it together. We've got your back. Okay. Yes, we we've got your back, Dr. Rao. Yes, Thank you did. so much for joining us on Voice America Influencers. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.